Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Before we dive into this episode, let me just remind you where you can see me in December. Three more dates in 2019. I will be in Richmond, Virginia, Friday, December 6th, Christmas with a Touch of Comedy. Saturday, December 7th, Durham, North Carolina, two shows, Christmas with a Touch of Comedy. Go to JenKirkman.com, click tour, get those tickets and find out more about what's so special about these shows. And then, oh my God, the eighth annual Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show. Wow, have I got a jam-packed crazy one this year for you. It is on Friday the 13th at the Hollywood Improv. Tickets will probably sell out the night of, so I encourage you to get them in advance. They're only 20 bucks. And after the show, I will be selling and signing copies of my book, and half of the book proceeds will go to the Los Angeles Food Bank. So get your Christmas shopping done and do a good deed. JenKirkman.com, click tour, and then real quick, Early 2020, Sacramento, five shows at the Sacramento Punchline, January 2nd through 4th, and January 12th, one night only in San Diego. Again, you know it, say it with me, jenkirkman.com, click tour! Fondlessness, fondlessness, fondlessness. Having fondlessness, having fondlessness, having fondlessness. With Jen Kirkman. Well, hello. It's Having Fun Listeners with Jen Kirkman. I am your host, Jen Kirkman. Episode 312. What is this podcast, you say? I am new to your podcast, Jen Kirkman. I want to know what's going to go on here. Well, let me tell you. The best way for me to tell you is to have my listeners tell you. I will read some recent five-star iTunes reviews. Somebody says, Jen Kirkman is our wonderful guide through this crazy world and our minds. The Real Bill C. says, My kind of podcast. The enjoyment for me listening to Jen every week is simple. This is Jen's podcast done her way, and I'm here for all of it. I'm probably on the older side of the average listener, but even this old guy learns a few things, often with hilarious insights around serious and not-so-serious topics. I've read other reviews, and I agree with most. The casual conversation Jen has is on her terms, and when the delivery guy comes knocking, I crack up. Beyond relatable for many. Thanks, everybody. So here you go. Again, I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm an author, but this podcast is where I tell you all about what went on in my week, in my head, in my thoughts, and maybe even a little bit in the world. Doesn't have to be funny. Sometimes it is, sometimes serious, always real. 
Let's go. This week, what are we going to talk about? Well, first of all, we are sponsored by Native Deodorant as well as Casetify. I'll tell you about those those folks a little bit later, but I thank them both for sponsoring this show. Now, this week we're going to talk about I met three people in their 20s who didn't know what hard candy was, and there was a big kerfuffle at a Whole Foods. I have an email from a guy who's turning 30, and he's just, he's not feeling that established in his career. And I'm going to tell you all about the French philosopher's theory of object A. It's going to help, I think, a lot of people feel better about their lives. We've got book recommendations from listeners for a listener in Australia. I'm going to tell you about some tour dates. And we've got some gay penguins up in here that are adopting their second kid. And we are going to celebrate them on this week's podcast. Woo! All right. Oh, and I want to tell a story that I've told before. I told it on Pete Holmes' podcast years ago about a time that I laughed out loud so hard that it has lasted longer than is humanly possible, and it still makes me laugh out loud. And, you know, if you know this story, sing along with it with me, but I think it might be fun. It's a throwback to my days at Chelsea Lately and a prank that was played on one of our employees that I, to this day, still laugh about. So let's begin with this week. So I have a friend. She had a um, procedure. She had a um, an operation, cyst on her ovaries, some endometriosis. She's recovering. And so, you know, a friend of hers put together this thing where, you know, okay, Tuesday you go to her house and you help her with this and, what, you know, that kind of thing. So it was my day to go bring um, good tidings and whatnot to my friend. So I text her and I say, I'm on my way. Can I bring you anything? So I bring her husband to coffee. I mean, because she really couldn't move and like nobody could leave the house. She couldn't be alone for 48 hours. So, you know, bring her husband coffee. And she goes, my throat's kind of sore from the intubation, right? When you get an operation, they shove a tube down your throat to help you breathe. Oh, my God. Thank God we have found a way to not be awake during surgeries. That just sounds horrible. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being in colonial times? Oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, for one... On one sense, I'm really bummed I was born at the end of the world and that my entire state is on fire and just always will be. And that, uh, you know, we'll probably see uh, climate change affect us in ways that didn't affect the generation before us. We'll have weird superbugs, weird diseases. The air quality will be terrible. We'll be fighting wars over water. We may not live as long or we may not live as good a quality of life. But... We can get knocked the fuck out during surgery and we never have to know that there's a tube down our throat because wouldn't that freak your shit out? Oh, my God. Thank you, anesthesia. Thank you, anesthesia. Thank you, India. Thank you. Thank you. Follow up meds. Anyway, so my friend said she'd like something to suck on. And her husband was like, how about my dick? I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying this. Nobody said that. But I'm a comedian and my mind goes to those places. So now I am a helpful person. And I remember when I 
had a recent thing where they had to stick a tube down me throat. That you do not want your normal lozenge. You know, you're not going to get a Hall's mentholiptus. No, 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 no. That throat is sore. It is scratched up. You need something like a honey, you know, like a lemon drop. And for some reason, I should have just gone to Ralph's, which is like the basic grocery store or even CVS pharmacy. But I was already driving and I was like, oh, that's right. I texted and drove. And so, no, I don't think I did actually. I think I got in my car and said, do you need anything? And then she said lozenges. And I was like, oh, I'll go to Whole Foods. Whole Foods, you know, it's like hippie dips. And I was like, I think they have hard candy there. They have this whole aisle of nuts and all kinds of things. And I'm just like a bag of, you know, they make fun of elderly people. You know, the hack joke, if someone's elderly, they had a Werther's original. But that's what I was looking for, like a hard candy that you suck on that doesn't, it's not a cough drop. And so I ended up at the counter finding these things. It wasn't my first choice, but it's those like doctor, whatever, pass. Dells and then it's in the yellow tin and it's supposed to be for you know it's supposed to help calm you as well um i'm looking it up because i don't know why um i can't find it but but you know what i'm saying but i really just wanted like a honey flavored or barter scotch flavored hard candy that's what was recommended i i went to a website i went to a website you guys that said if you've had intubation, like stay away from citrus, stay away from mentholated and just get yourself a hard candy. So now look, I spent a lot of time around elderly people. We used to visit my Nana every week, always hard candy in her dish. We, I had four elderly neighbors, all wit, all widowed. I would bounce around to their houses, party it up, hard candy, tea, latch hooking, price is right. I mean, I was living the life. So maybe, I don't know, maybe people these days, their grandparents are too cool for hard candy. Their grandparents are probably my age. So, you know, I don't know. They're not my age, but they're like 20 years older. I don't know. I don't know. But it's getting absurd now, the objects that young people don't know about that still exist, but they just don't use them. It's getting absurd. I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to get annoyed here. It was funny at first. People don't know what matches are that cars used to have lighters. And now we're getting crazy. Hard candy? It's such a thing. It's the name of a nail polish. What do you think it was named after? I don't know. I never thought about it. That's the point you don't think, do you? So I go to Whole Foods. I can't find any hard candy. Now, I don't know if they have any. That's one thing. Whole Foods, get some hard candy. But the point is, you should be able to go... Like a lifesaver, for fuck's sake. A lifesaver. Remember lifesavers? And that's why I should have gone to a more mainstream market. But you go, oh, I know what hard candy is. We just don't have it. That wasn't the issue. They didn't know what it was. I was literally panicked, acting it out. And I kept going, to suck on. And they were probably like, what's wrong with this girl? So I come in. I see a guy behind the counter. I said, I've looked everywhere. Do you have hard candy? And he goes, what? Hard candy. He goes, um, yeah, there's like chocolates here. I go, no, 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 hard candy to suck on. He goes, well, I go like a lozenge, but not for a cough. And he goes, oh, I go like, like a butterscotch. He goes, uh, oh, um, I go, you know, a hard candy. I just kept saying like a hard candy. Cause I, I, again, I was never told there'd be a day where I had to explain what hard candy is. So I only had the words hard candy, It's a hard candy. And I'm just, 
un- I'm unwrapping it with my hands and, and I'm miming, putting it in my mouth, going, yeah, hard candy. And he said, oh, yeah, it's in the baby aisle. And I went, that seems weird. The hard candy is in the baby aisle? He goes, yeah. I go, I don't think, I, I already know I'm going to walk down the aisle and I'm not going to see it. Can you show me what you're talking about? He's like, I can't leave the register. I was like, okay. Um, and it was like the one day that I'm shopping when nobody is around going, can I help you? How's your day going so far? And I was like, George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. Like, bring it back. Merry Christmas, all you people asking how my day is going so far and if I need anything. I want you back. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Clarence, take me back. Take me back, Clarence, to people up my ass at the store. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ever went off about it. <laughs> oh, God. So nobody can help me. So I'm a, listen, I'll walk up and down the baby aisle. See what this guy's talking. There's no hard candy. There's not even candy. I mean, there's like, there's none of that. So I go back and I go, still let you know it's not there. He goes, we must be out. I go, I, I still don't think you know what I'm saying. And I said, I'm going to try one more time. Like a lozenge. And he goes, oh, that's it. I said, but not for a cough. And he goes, I, I don't know what that is. I, okay. So you point, ask that guy. So I go ask that guy. So do you have hard candy? Yeah, cough drops. I, that, let me do my spiel. Not a cough drop. Something to wet your whistle, to suck on. To suck on, for fuck's sake, people. A hard candy to suck on. Candy. Hard. I said, this guy told me it was in the baby aisle, which makes no sense. And he goes, oh, there's candy in the baby aisle. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I think there's some gummy things. I go, there's, I go, okay. Hard candy would never be in the baby aisle because babies don't eat hard candy. They would choke. He goes, oh, okay, I just don't know what hard candy is. I go, candy canes? And then he literally goes, it's not Christmas yet. And I said, I'm not asking for a candy cane. I'm saying like hard candy. One example is candy canes. It's candy that's hard that you suck on. I can't stop saying suck on to people. And he goes, well, that would seem like something babies do, right? I go, babies do not suck on hard candy for the love of Christ. Have you... Babies eat mush. They're choke. They'll choke. Have you ever seen a baby with a fucking butterscotch in his mouth? What? He goes, well, they don't have teeth, so I thought it'd be perfect for them. I'm like, oh my god, your logic on one level does make sense, but that's not it, chief. So I said, by the way, there's no gummy candy in the kids' aisle either because kids can't have gummies. Babies, babies can't have gummies. I said, I'm going to go down the health and beauty aisle. Maybe there's something there. I don't know what. I asked someone in the health and beauty aisle. I go, I've asked three people. I already have a feeling I'm going to get the same answer. Let me start up front with not a cold lozenge. I do my whole spiel. He goes, I've never heard of heart candy. And I go, now we're getting somewhere. Now someone's being honest. Then the second guy comes over. He goes, they weren't in the baby aisle. I go, I'm trying to explain to this guy that babies don't suck on hard candy, but this guy doesn't even know what hard candy is. I go, you guys, I'm sorry to say, you know, I know this whole, okay, boomer, that thing going around, which by the way is Russian propaganda, 100%. Anyone on Twitter that's being told to say, okay, boomer to older people, that's that's been given to you by Russian troll farms. Um, I said, I, I tried not to say the word, the word millennial or Gen Z. I just said, hey, young people, 
You got to learn about hard candy. It's it's a fact of life. It's not going anywhere. Like this was the one time that I wasn't like, well, things change and evolve. And maybe, you know, some things I used to use aren't around anymore. But I was like, we are keeping hard candy. And then I go, I'm not that much older than you guys. It shouldn't be crazy that I know what hard candy is and you don't. And they're like, I don't know. No one's ever asked for it. I'm like, I fucking hate this. I I hate this. We've got to talk about hard candy. Email me, iSeemFun at gmail.com and tell me any stories you can about hard candy. Young people, tell me that you still know what hard fucking candy is. Three people at Whole Foods didn't know what it was. I wanted to be the can I get your manager person and be like, listen, this is absurd. You can't alienate people over 40 who want some hard candy. By the way, my friend's in her 30s. It wasn't even an old person thing. Oh, my God. But anyway, I got those doctor whoever things at the counter wasn't quite what she wanted, but I told her, look, it's hard out there. So, and I got her some popsicles because that, that helps. Now, I'm surprised there's still popsicles. I can't buy it. I'm like those comedians are like, you can't say anything anymore. I wanted to say every ethnic slur, and I guess you can't. I'm like, you can't buy anything to suck on anymore. Well, thank God there's still popsicles. Some semblance of normalcy around here with these young people and the, oh my God. Anyway, whew, it was really disturbing, you guys, really disturbing. And you know what? Let's say boy, boycott Whole Foods, boycott them. I know we were boycotting them a while ago because the owner was some kind of psycho. Let, let's boycott. Them. You know what? You know what's great is when you don't need to go to a store for things. I mean, this is why people are shopping online more and more because of this kind of customer service. And so I'm going to encourage you all to check out nativedeodorant.com. That's N-A-T-I-V-E deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com and use promo code FUN during checkout. Here's the deal. Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Now, I have never been a natural deodorant person. I've never found that they work. I'm just like, whatever, I'll... Put the chemicals in my body if it means I don't smell like sweat. But they asked if they could sponsor the show. And I said, well, send me some first. And they did. And I use it. And I, I last week I talked about my workouts. I do the Pilates. I do the model fit. I'm hiking. I And a lot of times I have to go straight from the workout to the next thing that I'm going to. And I don't have time for a shower. And I take a shower before the workout. I'm, I'm basically fine. But you need to refresh with a little deodorant. Well, with Native, you don't even need to do that. I mean, it lasts all day and it lasts through your workouts and it smells great. They also have unscented, but it is like, get this vision of what natural deodorant is out of your head. This doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell like BO. It's fucking great. And you don't have to go to a store. So here's the deal. If you use my promo code FUN at checkout, you're going to get 20% off of your first purchase, Native Deodorant. They create simple, safe, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. Not convinced? They've got 7,000 five-star reviews from their customers. It is made without aluminum, parabens, and talc. It's filled with ingredients found in nature like coconut oil, which is antimicrobial, shea butter, which is a moisturizer, and an emollient, and tapioca starch, which is what absorbs all that wetness up in here. It's made in the USA with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world. No animal testing and free shipping and returns. I mean, I haven't heard a bad thing so far. Listen, here's the deal. It works. It can hang out with your workout, busy mom or 16-hour workday. I'm telling you, I tested it. I'm telling you guys, it works. 
They've been featured on the Today Show, Women's Health, Elle, Good Morning America, Nylon, Hello Giggles, and more. And the ingredients are pretty simple. Less is more with them. They have fewer ingredients, so you basically know everything that's in your deodorant that you're putting on your sweat glands. Aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications like breast cancer and Alzheimer's, and so Native is priced at a slight premium, but when compared to conventional deodorants, it's actually safe and effective. And if you use my 20% off code, then there you go. And if you get a subscription, it's even better because it's delivered to your house every one, two, or three, or four months. We don't know how much you sweat or how much you want to stock up. So if you subscribe, you save 17%. You save $2 per stick. And the scents are great. They're coconut and vanilla lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. They offer free returns and exchanges, so it's basically free to try. And men and women can use this. They also have an unscented formula and a baking soda-free formula if you have any kind of sensitivities. So there you go. 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code FUN during checkout. There you go. All right, so everybody... Let's see if we can help our listener here. Hey, Jen, just listening to your book, I can barely take care of myself. And I heard you talking about your struggles at turning 30. Now, I wrote this book seven years ago, and I turned 30 15 years ago. I don't even remember my struggles turning 30. That's how much life just moves along. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, I don't remember. And now that I look back, what fucking struggles? All in my head. Seriously, we're all in my head. I feel the struggles I have now are a little more real. Um, those, well, I was just afraid of things. But, you know, um, I recently turned 30 years old. I'm a child-free guy. Not yet at an established point in my career. Just wanted to let you know how nice it felt that someone I consider a success had a similar issue. Dude, you are not unique. And I say this with all the love. I'm hugging you in an envelope of love. An envelope, that's comfortable. So then you get a paper cut. I meant to say a blanket, but I said an envelope because, because... I don't know how to explain this to everyone, and I really wish I could just say it once and never say it again. Every single person, every human being on the planet Earth has the same issues, whether they're a success or not. Even if they're a success at age 18, they're one of the Kardashians, they're a billionaire. I mean, for me, it's hard to imagine they have any problems, and they may not have the same problems as me. Like getting a successful business going was maybe never a problem for them. So maybe we don't have the same problems. But everybody has similar issues about growing up. Life is difficult. We are here on a journey. We are not equipped by the generation before us with the correct tools. We will not equip the generation below us with the correct tools. There will always be new tools needed. There are psychological things that nobody explains to you. There's no guidebook to life. Literally, it's not just me and you, bro. Every single person you see has these same struggles or a similar struggle. The point of it is that people don't talk about it. That's why you don't know. And people go into fantasy when they don't know someone, they project good or bad onto them. We objectify people all day long. And I don't just mean pointing at someone and going, oh, look at her bum. We objectify people all day long and we act like they couldn't possibly be going through what we are. And it's really a secretly a dangerous way of feeling like you're so unique. And when you feel like you're so unique and that no one can possibly help or inspire you or whatever, well, then you're going to stay stuck. So Try not to objectify people. Try not to look and compare and despair or go, oh, they never had this or you don't know. I assume everybody's hating life 
And then I just walk through the world skipping and singing. So anyway, wishing you the best. And once I've got a steady income, I'll be coming to see you at nearby shows. Can't wait for the Patreon so I can at least pledge a dollar to you. Well, thank you. That's very kind. And I hope, you know, I was just going off on a tangent that wasn't at you. But I do have, this made me look up something that I heard recently that I really loved. So yeah, I'm really excited. I am going to be doing a Patreon. I think we'll probably time it because I do need to have all this extra content and I have to produce it and all that. So I think it'll probably, and then I'm starting a new job and then the holidays and blah, blah, blah. So probably going to roll out maybe in the new year, maybe, maybe a couple weeks before Christmas if I can get it together, but I'm not sure if that's a thing that I can get together. So anyway, so yeah, that's what um, is going to be cool. There's going to, the cheapest here is $5. And how they explained it to me is if you sign up for $5 tiers, sometimes you can go in, opt out of the $5 tier where you get like some free bonus stuff and just donate a dollar a month to the podcast. If for some reason you just feel like donating, whatever it is, Um, there's all kinds of options and there you go. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, dude, when you were saying this, it reminded me of something I heard on a podcast recently. And this guy was talking about a Freudian psychoanalyst who is French. And I think his name is Lacan. Lacan. And it's the philosophy of object A. It's an algebraic phrase. So the A stands for anything. It can be a job a relationship, a house, a certain place you want to live. But it's it's the object that in some ways can completely destabilize and throw your life into chaos. I have to get that person or I have to stay with that person or I have to get that job. I would be willing to do anything to get this because when I have this, everything will be fixed, right? And that's, you know, in many ways, most people aren't, drug and alcohol addicts. But in all ways, we can relate to those people because there is this void that doesn't get filled. Um, That's why you don't do drugs once if you're an addict and stop and go, oh, it fixed it. It, You constantly need that fix. Most people have a hole in the soul. It's just the human condition. And we think if we fill it up with a certain, it's always the things that that we don't ever think to fill it up with, like sitting quietly with ourselves in meditation or surrendering our lack of control, like that actually fills the void. And everyone's like, no, 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 not that. No, no, I just have to get this job. I mean, I was like that this year. I could not get a job. And I was having dwindling audiences in some cities, enough cities that I lost money this year. And it was terrifying. So on a very real level, like, no, no, I need to get a job. You know, and I was trying. I was, I was... I was working, I worked more hours this year than I ever have in my life because I was trying to get things going, pitching shows or going to meetings. Or, but So when I finally got a job, I went, oh God, this very real part of me can relax. You know, this very real part of me that wants to have financial security and wants to whatever, whatever. And this very real part of me that wants to make a serious career shift away from touring. And so that's all good. I mean, sometimes obviously things help, Right. But the notion that on a deeper level, I will be okay if this is not really going to happen. You know, uh, so here's the deal. You're pursuing things. And then when you get it. So in other words, I know what this guy's talking about. He, He wants to have a little more money so he can go and do the things he loves, which is what makes life, right? I felt the same way this year. Again, so grateful I got this job. 
But this notion that we're not established yet at this point in our career, I mean, I get that too. There's definitely ways to measure if you're established. Just 100%. You know, I used to do comedy for free and I didn't have a road career. And in my opinion, I wasn't established yet as a comedian. Now, I was actually really funny for a long time and nobody knew me. And so when I look back on it, I go, I was actually quite established. I just wasn't getting paid for it. So there are two different things going on, right? So I think that this notion that if we're not getting paid for something, we're not good at it, or if, you know, I I know that that's not what this letter was about. I'm just using it as a jumping off point to the notion of what we all struggle with. And, you know, again, like I wrote this book about turning 30 and how it stressed me out. I am not no longer at that point just because I've had some success as someone else might define it. I am in the next phase of life where there are worries about other things. It never ends. Like just accept that it never ends and you'll be so happy. It's so, the solution to life is very, very easy. That's why one of my favorite books is is written by an atheist psychologist called Why Buddhism is True. It's just like, hey guys, get into acceptance. Everything's miserable. Everything's wonderful. Life is pain. Don't try to avoid it. Don't try to outrun it. Don't try to not feel it. Just accept. And it actually goes away faster. It feels better. I know it's crazy. It's like, seems counterintuitive. Life seems counterintuitive, but we make it that way. So anyway, you're pursuing something, pursuing something, but then when you get it, it never feels like it. You're kind of left with just nothing. You're left with something that doesn't really exist because you got the thing, but it didn't change anything. You know, again, a job, of course, going to help you put some money in the bank, but when you pursue something so hard and think, this will make me happy, this will make me happy, all that exists, all the, the trail that you've left is you pursuing it and like the failures to get it, you know? Um, you're never actually left with the thing because it's object A. It doesn't really exist. It's a mindset. So whatever you think will fix you, money, relationship, that's like the physical embodiment of object A. And when you get it, you're left sometimes dissatisfied because it was never about the object. So I have friends who are like, oh my God, once I get a writing job, I'll feel happy. And it's like, nah, you might feel financially secure, but the happiness thing, nah, that's a separate thing. The notion that you're good enough, that's never going to change because you got hired. And then now you go into the room and you compare yourself to other people. Like if you haven't fixed that fundamental part of yourself, whatever you achieve will not feel like enough. You will never be able to enjoy anything. And if you fix that part of yourself, you won't even need to achieve much to feel like you've achieved something. So it's it's primal. So there's there's another thing that I that I've was reading about which is in philosophy, people say, "No, no, no. If only I could get rid of this, everything would be okay." So usually what this is, is a contradiction in our lives, something that doesn't work for us, right? And the thing I was reading about talked about, we reduce contradiction to opposition. So instead of living with the contradiction, whether it's a physical ailment, or the fact that you, you know, don't love what you do, but it does pay the bills so that you can do this. Well, once I get rid of this, I'll have this. Once I get rid of that, everything will be fine. Now, 
what I was reading is really interesting because it pointed out, we'll put that in a political sense. You know, some of the worst monsters have thought, if only we get rid of this group, everything will be okay. Right. I mean, if you want to take it so crazy, look at Hitler. He he lived in opposition. There was always an opposition. If we only get rid of this, everything will be okay. Um, And so our minds can't really accept living in the contradiction. And the contradiction is what I said, like life is miserable. Life is beautiful all at once. The contradiction of if I could just get this, everything would be okay. And it's like we're kind of we're kind of oversimplifying things to the point where we're actually like reharming ourselves with these kind of beliefs. You know, we have to go, "Oh my god, I'm I'm relatively young on this planet. I'm relatively inexperienced in big thinking ways." So, you know, and I'm including myself in that. So maybe my mind has to change. Maybe it's not my situation or my circumstance. That that can change, but it's really hard to accept even the new circumstance in your life with the old mindset. So I just want to throw that out to everybody that that it, it I, I no longer want it to shock anybody that someone they see on television has had a problem that you've had. Like, it's just we can't we've got to evolve more as a society in our consciousness. Like that to me is just unacceptable thinking like you guys got to give yourselves more of a break than that. Um so there you go. So I just say, you know, that that's what I want you to do. But I didn't really have an ending for that. I just feel very passionate about it. Um, now, a lot of people are emailing me at the I seem fun at Gmail, and they're calling me Jennifer. That is not my name. It startles me when I see it. Um, it's my legal name. Everyone calls me Jen, even my mom. A couple of people are like, oh, I was doing it to be funny. It doesn't, I don't know you, so it's not funny. It just looks like someone calling me Jennifer. Sarcasm is a relationship, you guys. You have to know someone personally for sarcasm to come off in writing. Thank you. Okay. So please call me Jen. It really weirds me out. Now, somebody uh, in Australia said they were heading into summer and uh, they want to read some good books with female leads. Uh, one listener recommended the new Janis Joplin bio, or I guess biography. I didn't say bio. And uh, this other woman, Allison, wrote in, Jen, my sister is an author who usually writes female leads, and I can happily recommend her books to the podcast listener. My favorite book that she's written so far is her first. It's called Becoming Josephine by Heather Webb. It's a historical fiction novel about Josephine Bonaparte. That is Napoleon's wife, everybody. She did a lot of research for for it, but it reads more like a traditional story than a biography. There you go. Uh, Thanks for the podcast and live shows, Allison. She also said, thanks for pointing out the thing about people leaving you alone while reading. I hadn't been able to put my finger on why sometimes I get seemingly ignored when I'm reading, but not other times. I think you may be right that it's generational. I don't know. I don't know. Um, So anyway, I hope these are some books that you can read uh, and everybody, not just the woman on the beach in Australia. Um, Right now, I'm reading a bunch of books that are specific to the new job I'm taking. We had to do some research. So I'm reading like four books that um, are, are, I'm not even going to recommend them because it's just what I'm reading now for work. So um, somebody said, this is the girl that called me Jennifer. And I was like, why'd you call me that? She's like, I was joking. I was like, I hate it. Sorry. 
You never know what you're going to get when you mummy. So this is this is so random, but it popped into my head last night. So I thought I'd ask. You like Christmas movies, so I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the movie The Holiday? Good, bad, realistic? Would the would you do the house exchange thing that they did? Interested to hear your thoughts or the thoughts of other funners, for that matter. I hope I got all right. Well. I saw it like on a plane and it's funny, I almost watched it again on a plane. I don't count that as a Christmas movie. I mean, I do. I count like all the old ones, like It's a Wonderful Life and Holiday Inn, Christmas movies, and then the new, you know, like the Hallmark ones that are blatantly called Christmas movies. But the holiday, it's just a movie that happens during the holidays. Um, I don't know. I, I'd read once that it's one of the best romantic comedies in terms of equality. Like it's not sexist or something and I don't remember anything about it I know we've got Jack Black Cameron Diaz Jude Law Kate Winslet are those the people and they I wouldn't house exchange but maybe I would I don't know I don't I don't love the idea of anyone in my place so I guess I wouldn't because I I haven't um but I don't own a house but I have a condo I, I just I don't think so um I can't help you out on that movie but if anyone has thoughts on that movie I seem fun at gmail.com if I do end up watching it again on a plane I'll let you know but there we go so again everybody leave me an iTunes review give it five stars tell everybody what you love about the show follow the podcast on Facebook at Jen Kirkman podcast I mean I'm sorry on Instagram it's at Jen Kirkman podcast on Instagram, trying to move away from the Facebook thing. Twitter is Funlessness Pod. Please tweet at that, not just at me. I really like to have the opportunity to build more of an online thing for the podcast. And again, if you buy tickets to see me on tour, please tweet about it and use hashtag Jen Kirkman Tour. That really helps. Now, I want to remind you guys, I have a merchandise store. It's at T Public. It's a really long link, but it's in the... Um, it's on my website, jenkirkman.com. Click shop and it will take you directly there. And we've got really cool stuff. Again, my favorite is the meditation stuff. I meditated today, motherfucker, which is from my Netflix special. One of my jokes, we have the asterisk. So you don't have the word fuck on your clothes or we have the real word. If you're a rebel, I actually have the tote bag, the black tote bag. It's awesome. I have the big pillow. I actually use it in my meditation chair. I have the tank top, which kind of like it's kind of well-fitting, like sexy little tank top. And I have the big, cozy, comfy sweatshirt. So I highly recommend that. Of course, girls will be girls. One of my favorite t-shirts. But we have pins now as well, which are really, really fun. And I especially love the pin that says I seem fun. I love the girls will be girls pin. And then for the holidays, we've got really fun stuff like t-shirts that say I hate fun, but it's in red with Christmas lights on it and it's really cute. And then the I'm a soul, I'm just a soul trapped in a body, which is again from my Netflix special. We've got I'm just a jolly old soul trapped in a body, which is a really cute mug. It's a cute pillow. It's a cute t-shirt. It's a cute pin. So just get there, go to the T Public. Every sale helps an independent designer and helps support this podcast. So there you go. Um, and let me remind you guys that we are also sponsored today by Casetify. I chased these people. I was like, let me do an ad for you guys because I love it. It's the world's slimmest, most protective phone case. I drop my phone all the time. I have the new iPhone. I've dropped it like six times. It's totally fine. With tons of classic designs, stylish collaborations, and the ability to create your own custom case, Case Tiffy lets you keep your phone safe without sacrificing style. I mean, there's so many designs that you can do. I chose a phone that like the background of it is gold and it's like glitter and it's like, you know, but it's like oily. Like you can, it's three dimensional. Do you know what I mean? There's like, 
actual stuff inside the phone case. And it's glittery and fun. There's ones you can put your name on it. You can design all your own things. It's military-grade drop protection. The, the material is called Chi-Tech, and it's passed a drop test from a height of 6.6 feet. That's military-grade foam protection. There are literally thousands of designs to choose from. You'll find the perfect case for your aesthetic, and you can customize it so you're going to be the only one with your phone case. And they do really cool collaborations with you know people like Saint Laurent, Pokemon, Sarah Jessica Parker, Wonder Woman, the Rolling Stones. I love it. And go to casetify.com slash fun to get 20% off your purchase. Casetify.com. C-A-S-E-T-I-F-Y dot com slash fun. You'll get 20% off. It makes a great holiday gift. I mean, you can design a phone case for someone and they never would have thought to do it for themselves. And then they can drop their phone in style like all of us do. All right. So I mentioned leave me a five-star review. So I want to read this review that someone wrote, and it reminded me of one of my favorite things that's ever happened. And I hope I can sort of remember it because I want to tell you guys just a fun, just a fun throwback story. So um, this guy wrote a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much. And it's going to lead us in to the next topic. This guy, I can't say his name because it's all um, consonants, but he left this review in October. Five stars. It's The title of the review is I Could Come to the Desert, and that's the story we're going to get into. I listened to tons of podcasts and noticed that whenever Jen was a guest, I'd be especially glad. She never lets you down. She has funny in her bones, is honest, and a vigilante-level humanitarian. And when she does her impression of her mother, I can picture the goofy smile her mother evidently talks through. The title I used here comes from the story she told on Pete Holmes' podcast about the hardest she has laughed. I rarely laugh out loud when listening to podcasts, but that really got me. So I figured, why not take you down memory lane with this story? Now, I know it's going to bring about a bunch of emails. Oh my God, I miss Chelsea lately. Are you guys still friends? Here's the deal. Chelsea and I are neither friends nor not friends. We are not professional colleagues. She's a celebrity. I worked for her. Um, I ran into her recently. We were friendly. Um, she's just not in my life, but not in a bad way. She comments on my Instagram. Like, we're around, you know what I mean? I, I just don't claim to be friends with like every single famous person there is. I'm just telling you that that's the reality of it. It's not bad. It's not good. It's like, this is usually what it looks like when you work for someone and then you don't and then whatever. But people get all like, oh, wait, you guys all to be best friends. Like, well, a lot of us are best friends that worked on the show, but um, that's just what it is. And it was a certain time on the show that was like wildly goofy and fun, like before it really became a hit. And and this is from that time. This is from probably 2008, nine. And so there was a guy who was a producer on our show named Johnny. I actually just saw him recently um ran into him at a couple events and then worked with him on a little project recently so chelsea would do a thing now normally i would hate this but this time it was funny we all had desktop computers pcs i think and she would you know you'd get up from your office and you'd go pee or you'd go to the kitchen and make a snack and you wouldn't necessarily lock your computer and it and it wouldn't automatically lock and she's way down the hall and usually, you know, getting ready for the show and hair and makeup. She was always running around the hallway in the early days. But you just sometimes, you just never thought about it. You got up, 
and you, and you did your thing for three minutes, you weren't assuming in those three minutes she would find your computer. So she used to do a thing with Johnny where whenever he got up from his computer, once in a while, she would just get on it and start returning emails as him to people. And this one time, <laughs> human resources who were in a totally different building than us, like miles away, um, the e-network was in its own building in mid Los Angeles. And we were more on the West side. We were just, we were the only thing in that building. It was just where the show taped and where the writing, writing stuff was in production. There was something that was like due to, I think it was during the election. It was like due to candidate Obama visiting the Los Angeles area, Olympic Boulevard will be shut down and you will have to find an alternate route to get to work please work out with your immediate supervisor, you know, if you can work from home that morning or whatever. And there was, again, more for the corporate people and less for the show people, which we're not working from home. We're going to get there despite the roads being closed. So, you know, it was an all company email. So Chelsea wrote back, not reply all, but just to that person whom Johnny had never met. <laughs> said. Hey, Rick, thanks for the information. Speaking of politics, I know we don't normally talk about this stuff at work, but what do you think about, uh, you know, Barack Obama? I think he brings, you know, and she went into, I think he brings a healthy new perspective to something. But at the same time, you know, some like ridiculous thing, like remember that everyone's like George Bush kept us safe and everyone would be like, uh, what about 9-11? Well, after that, he kept us, you know, and he wrote something, like, but I do believe that George Bush did really keep us safe after 9-11. It was like the most <laughs> nonsense email that had two diverse political opinions that not anyone would say. No one would believe both things. Um, and it was like the most basic thing you could say about Barack Obama and the most basic thing you could say about George Bush. And he's like, it was something like that. And if you go back and listen to Pete Holmes' podcast that I did years ago, I might be telling it differently, but the bottom line is it was something in that area. And then Johnny comes back to his desk and he goes, oh, fuck. And whenever you heard someone say that, you'd be like, ah, and you never wanted it to happen to you, but it was so funny when it happened to someone else. And this was just the perfect one because it wasn't too outrageous. And so the person wrote Johnny back like, hey, Johnny, thanks for such a thoughtful question. You know, politics is really... Um, such a hot button topic. And, you know, kind of like basically this was just a, you know, group email about a road closing. And uh, yeah, it's it's great that we can all have different opinions. Just some generic, I'm not answering you thing. And so Johnny was like, Jesus Christ, this is so fucking embarrassing. So we're all just like, don't write back. Like just, for, he's like, I'm just going to forget this ever happened. He fucking forgets again and gets up from his computer later. I think he just thought Chelsea was downstairs on stage or something. And I think I'm on stage with him and he's like, oh, fuck, I didn't shut my computer down. And so, I mean, sometimes when someone would say that, we'd be like texting Chelsea or someone like tell Chelsea Johnny's computer's open, like because we wanted more of it. And so I don't remember what happened, but basically at the end of the day, we all gathered in Johnny's office while he's like, well, I got fucked all day long by this. And he read us what the correspondence had been and we were laughing so hard it was like crying because you just have to know Johnny he's this like really tiny little guy I'm sure he'd hate me saying that and really sweet and like 
He was just like, oh, come on, you guys. And so Johnny, in quotes, Chelsea, had written back after that kind of generic thing, well, I'd love to go up for a drink sometime and talk politics. What's your schedule this weekend? And the guy was like, well, um, I mean, this they'd never met. Can you imagine just, just the reality of you're the human resources person and you have to be kind of nice and this person's asking you to hang out and it turns out um, the guy was gay. Like, we didn't know that either. And he's like, well, my partner and I, he and I just bought a house and so we're going to Palm Springs this weekend and, you know, getting an early start. And we're going to Palm Springs this weekend. No, it was like, I have plans this weekend with my partner. And Johnny's like, oh, I just mean like quick after work, like happy hour. And the guy's right back again. And he's like, well, my partner and I, he and I bought a house and we're going down to Palm Springs this weekend. Um, so it's not going to be a good time. And Johnny just wrote, I mean, Johnny, Chelsea is Johnny. All lowercase one sentence. I could come to the desert. <laughs> I still cannot laugh out loud. I could come to the desert. And honestly, I'd have to go back and listen to Pete Holmes' podcast because I don't remember what happened after that. If he, if the other guy ever wrote back or if Johnny ever wrote him and said, I'm sorry, Chelsea got into my computer. I actually, isn't that so sad? I forget. But all I remember is just seeing those words. I could come to the desert after somebody already said, I'm married and I'm busy. It's the fourth time Johnny asked this. It was never supposed to be a homo, homosexual, homoerotic thing either. It was just supposed to be like a weird coworker. And it took on this level of like, and this guy's desperate to like, I don't know, be in their relationship or just have a friend or something. But there was like, and then Johnny was like, am I going to be in trouble for like, because we didn't like. I think he ended up writing the guy back because he was afraid that it would come off as like almost sexual harassment on his end. And I don't know. I have to go. I'm going to go back to Pete's podcast and have to listen to it. I mean, it was I was on there like five years ago. I don't even know if it's still available. Oh, my God. And I, I guess for some reason, it's it's I think Pete framed it as as a the hardest you've ever laughed or even maybe like a kind of you had to be there thing. But for some reason, that story you didn't just have to be there. Like when I tell people, they're like, oh my God, it's just, I could come to the desert. And when you see it in writing, it makes me laugh. So that's why that guy titled his review of my show, I Could Come to the Desert. So there you go. Just a little throwback down memory lane. You know, and I worked on the show for seven years after that. And it, and it was never the same as, as those early days. Like, it's not a matter of like being sentimental now about it. I was sentimental in 2013 that the show wasn't like it was in 2008. It's just how it is. Um, okay. <laughs> I love laughing so hard. It's just so good. It's so good, you guys, to laugh. We've got to laugh. Did I take you through all the things that I need to take you through? Oh, I am part of the Sklarbro country uh, podcast network started by the Sklar Brothers. Go to S-K-L-A-R Sklar Bro, B-R-O, country.com and check out all the other great podcasts in our network. Podcasts from, obviously, the Sklar Brothers themselves, Mary Lynn Reiskub, Jay Larson. It's fantastic. You can listen to us so many different ways. Stitcher, CastBox, TuneIn FM, Apple Podcasts. You get it. You get it. Thanks for letting me, part of the, me be part of the network, guys. Okay. We are going to celebrate the gay penguins. I don't know if you guys remember the power couple of Sven and Magic. 
They're known as Sven, Svenjik. I don't know if that's just what this article says or if everyone calls them that. But um, a queer penguin, penguin couple at the Sea Life Sydney Aquarium are coming in hot this breeding season, hoping to foster another egg. Sven and Magic became parents. Oh, no, the baby's name was Sven, Svenjik. To little Svenjik last October after the aquarium gave them an egg to foster. Now that their little bundle of joy is a year old, the pair want to add to the family. How do they know that? Like, they obviously can't speak. But the 10daily.com.au, this is news out of Australia, reports that with breeding season upon us, the aquarium has given the, the couple another egg to foster after seeing their nest. Quote, they have the nicest and neatest and largest net in the colony, And we noticed that another couple were struggling to incubate two eggs at the same time. And we made the decision to foster the second egg to the power couple of the colony, said Penguin Supervisor Tish Hannon. Hannon gushed that the couple's first child, Svenjik, had an excellent start to life under their care. And while she's still a bundle of energy and very loud, she's matured nicely, but still quite unsure as to what all the adults are doing this breeding season. The egg given to Sven and Magic hasn't been confirmed as fertile, so it's unclear whether little Svenjik has a sibling on the way. But this modern family of Gen 2, G-E-N-T-O-O, penguins, I don't know what that means, will hopefully be luckier than Skipper and Peng, a gay penguin couple at the Berlin Zoo who failed to hatch their egg in September. Wow. I know last week we talked about gender reveal parties. You know who's not having gender reveal parties? Fucking penguins. They're just being parents, getting it done. So why don't you be more like penguins, human beings? Um, oh, that just brought me back to, I got an offer to do the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival in Australia this year. And I, I did have to say no, because I am uh, just not sure of my schedule. And it's it's just, oh, it just broke my heart. But I really want to come back to Australia. There were just three years where I was getting all these like Netflix specials and book deals. And it was so much easier to take some time off and tour the world. And this year, you know, I can't really. I'm I'm hoping to be at a writing job. And there you go. I mean, it's a little bit of a heartbreak. I love going to Australia. But last time I was in Australia, 2015. Oh, wow. It has been too long. Fuck. I used to go every year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, I went to the uh, zoo and there was a story. And it's just like, I love Australians. They're so Australian and they don't think they are, but they are. They're so like, the, the guy was like, all right, I'm going to tell you about this crocodile. And he told me about this crocodile they had. The crocodile was very lonely and it looked like it was just like in an empty tank. And he's like, we showed it with a dot gun in, in Sydney and we drove it to Melbourne, which is like, I think a four to six hour drive. It's like Boston to New York kind of thing. And um, he's like, but it, we had to make sure they drove fast so it didn't wake up in the middle of the in the middle of the trip. Anyway, I just remember going to the, uh, I'm saying animal museum. That's not the word aquarium oh my god the aquarium um in melbourne australia and having a great time being shown around by the guards and being told all the fun stories um but i don't know where those penguins are i I didn't see them anyway all right well congrats to gay penguins everybody if you are intolerant of uh anybody let the gay penguins guide you into acceptance. I don't know what I'm saying. I was trying to make like a big speech at the end, but it's just clearly not going to work. This was a shorter podcast today. I I will say that. But uh, man, did we pack a lot of fun in there? We packed some a lot of fun, some 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 philosophy, 
a funny story, book recommendations, gay penguins. I mean, come on. A story about hard candy. I think we did a great job. I think it's just coming in short today. We don't need to extend it to an hour for society or anything like that. But I will remind you guys that my Christmas show, the Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show, is at the Hollywood Improv on Friday, December 13th. Now, this year, my friend was in a Hallmark movie. I will be interviewing him and showing clips from the movie. I wrote, uh, be writing a sketch that's like based on what these, I don't like the Netflix Christmas movie, so I'm writing a sketch that's sort of spoofing that kind of thing. And then uh, we'll be discussing, oh, so many fun things. Uh, Maybe a revisit of my sketch with my friend uh, about the lyrics to Baby It's Cold Outside. Uh, We'll be talking about how Santa Claus in the Rudolph movie was a dick. I'll be doing some stories about my family and Christmas, singing Elvis Christmas songs. We're going to do a big sing-along at the end with my friend who's actually a musician and can lead us into song. And of course, I'll be throwing candy at you. And there'll just be merriment, unironic and ironic merriment. We've got a lot of great guests booked for the show. So come on down. And again, after the show, for 20 bucks, I will sell you a copy of my book and sign it for you. And 10 of those bucks is going to go to the Los Angeles Food Bank. So in success of selling out all these books, we could send like 500 bucks, I think, to the food bank. Um, And you know what's awesome about that is it doesn't even take that much to feed one family. So that does a lot of good. So get your tickets, jenkirkman.com, click tour, or you could just go to improv.com if you want. But again, $20 is a steal for a holiday show with some celebrity guests. So there you go. Come on out. And uh, again, leave a review for this podcast. Tell your friends or don't. I mean, you don't have to tell your friends. And just get ready. Get ready for the Patreon announce. It's going to be coming. I'm going to be working on it. Um, There you go. Until next week, have fun.